Welcome to Long Shots. This is the story of two brothers from the Midwest with nothing to lose, who created a tech empire and all the valuable lessons we learned along the way. Episode 5, The Playboy Mansion, Part 1. July 15, 2013. My brother Leo and I were standing in the parking garage of the Ritz-Carlton in Marina del Rey. Leo had just opened a manila envelope and he was holding a piece of paper in his hands, shaking his head. The page contained an offer from Playboy Enterprises for $250 million in exchange for majority ownership of the chive. Leo looked up at me, half scared, half smiling. December 22, 1963. New York was lit up for the holidays. Mugs of hot chocolate sandwiched between mitten-clad hands and the city's many department store windows were lit up brighter than ever. Ice skaters glided effortlessly in front of the tree at Rockefeller Center. In silhouette in front of the tree, taking it all in, was a tall, slender man with jet black hair hailing a cab on West 49th Street. He was packing mixture 79 tobacco into his Dunhill pipe when an Irishman named Seamus Quinn pulled up his cab. 5 East 59th Street, please. In the back of the cab, the tall man noticed a photo of a Gothic Tudor mansion shimmering in the sunlight, clipped to the driver's side visor. What's that? asked the tall man, feigning curiosity. You don't recognize it. That beauty there is the Playboy Mansion. The tall man smiled. Yeah, I think it does ring a bell. Well, it should. That's the most famous house in America next to the White House. And someday, I'm going to pay a visit. Oh, really? said the tall man, smiling. Sure as night follows day, I'm going to a magical place called Beverly Hills, and I'm going to walk through the front gate and be greeted by a dozen sparkling playmates in bunny ears. It'll be a grand crack. The cab pulled up to the curb, and the lanky man got out and palmed the cabbie 20 bucks. Keep the change. But, sir, it's only a $3 lift. Merry Christmas, friend. I hope you get your wish someday. The tall man walked effortlessly past a long queue of well-heeled New Yorkers who were waiting patiently to get in. The cabbie thought that man looked oddly familiar, but he couldn't place him. The marquee of the building read The Playboy Club, and the name was bookended by two black bunnies. The cabbie smiled and looked down at the $20 bill. His eyes widened. On the top of the $20 bill was an eggshell white business card. It read Hugh M. Hefner, Editor-in-Chief, Playboy Magazine. The card had a handwritten phone number on it. Call this number and swing by the mansion anytime. Cabbie's always welcome. Merry Christmas, H. That cab ride, Hugh Hefner recalled, was the moment he realized the Playboy Mansion was more than a mansion. It was more than even a lifestyle. The Playboy Mansion had come to symbolize the American dream. August 27, 2007. Two of my girlfriends had scored an invite to the annual Midsummer Night's Dream Party at the Playboy Mansion. The Midsummer Party was the biggest soiree of the year. It's teeming with celebrities and everyone's wearing the requisite lingerie or pajamas or less. I was hiding in the trunk of my friend's Nissan Sentra, hoping to get past the first layer of security because the girls had secured a parking pass. 
This wasn't the first time I'd tried to sneak into the mansion. The year prior, I had snuck on to the grounds of the Los Angeles Country Club. The backyard of the Playboy Mansion backs up to the 14th tee box. So I got to the 14th tee box and I climbed the wrought iron fences that led to the backyard of the Playboy Mansion around where the zoo is located. Because there's a zoo at the Playboy Mansion. Anyway, when I landed on the other side, I quickly realized I was not the first person to try this trick. And I was swiftly escorted away in my baby blue pajamas and Indiana Hoosier slippers shaped like footballs. I looked like an idiot. But this time, it was going to be different. That's what I thought, at least. Until I heard a deep voice from outside. Miss, can you pop that trunk, please? I immediately had that sinking feeling in my stomach. And then I heard the latch pop. A gigantic human pointed a flashlight in my eyes. Sir, can I help you out of the trunk? The security officer looked at me sympathetically and said, Yo, it was a nice try. We didn't start checking trunks until about six months ago, so you were closer than you think. Just my luck. Then he pointed down the long driveway packed with cars going up. I would be going down. I'd heard about the Playboy Walk of Shame. It was my turn now. I had let my girlfriends dress me for the party. I was wearing pink pajamas with white bunny rabbit ears and matching white bunny rabbit slippers. By then it was dark, and right on cue, the sprinklers turned on. Illuminated by dozens of car lights and wet as a gym sock, I stumbled down the quarter-mile driveway towards Sunset Boulevard, one of a nameless rabble of uninvited guests who had tried to sneak through the Golden Gates and failed. As I walked past the cars full of revelers, they broke out into applause. Looking back, everyone was really nice. Better luck next year, Pinky! Love the slippers, bro! At some point, I stumbled off the road briefly and stepped into a puddle of mud. And when I stepped out, the mud sucked the bunny back in. No point in salvaging it. The bunny was dead. So I just continued down the hill, one rabbit down. A man walking up the driveway stopped to shake my hand. Hey, we've all been there, friend. Better luck next time. It was James Kahn. I walked all of my shame to the bottom of the hill and just kept walking until I got to Mel's Diner on the Sunset Strip. My lone rabbit slipper looked more like a feral cat, and I'd completely forgotten I was wearing bunny ears. But it was Mel's Diner. Nobody cares. I ordered a cheeseburger and fries and resolved to sneak in the following year. It's not like I was ever going to get an official invite. Five years later... Playboy was starting to struggle. They had failed to see the internet revolution coming, assuming digital images could never replace the magazine. The Chide, meanwhile, was thriving. We'd created a community around three pillars, humor, hotness, and humanity. We'd succeeded where Playboy had failed. Their playmates were unattainable buxom blondes preserved behind museum glass. At the Chive, we had Chivettes, who were more girls next door, approachable, and active in the comments every day. If you wanted to interact with the Chivette, she was as much a part of the community as anybody else, joking with you and posting funny memes in the Chive's comment section. 
By 2013, we'd already put real competitors like Maxim Magazine's division almost out of business. They were kind of an arrogant lot, clinging to a Super Bowl party that wasn't that great, because we didn't get invited to that either. Anyway, we had no problem hitting them where it hurt. But I never understood the unintentional damage we were doing to Playboy at the time, because the Chive didn't do nudity. In my opinion, we weren't competitors. Plus, every time I've been kicked out of the Playboy mansion, everyone was really nice to me. Playboy was almost $100 million in debt, and they needed something fresh to breathe new life into the brand, as well as people capable of kickstarting Playboy's digital presence. My assistant Lindsay was going through the mail when she found a gold and black envelope. It read, Come join the fun! Half's Midsummer Night's Dream Party! Playboy Mansion West, 8 o'clock. Dress code? Sleepwear required. Then we noticed a handwritten post-it note stuck on the invite. Can you be there early? Perhaps 7? 2013, Hugh Hefner was very much alive. But at 87 years old, time was catching up to him. Amongst his children, only one son, Cooper, was the most qualified member of the family to take over the Playboy Enterprise. He was a dead ringer for his father. But there was an issue. Cooper was only 22 years old, and he was still in college and also serving the USAF Tennessee State Guard. Finding somebody who could bring Playboy into the digital age meant finding someone who could run a multi-hundred million dollar entertainment website who was also known to surround themselves with a lot of women. And for better or worse, that narrowed it down to, well, me. I found myself once again in pajamas. Green pajamas this time, the chive colors are green and black, but still wearing my new bunny rabbit slippers and matching ears. And this time, I'd been invited. Driving up the former Walk of Shame, the fountain at the Playboy Mansion came into view first, and then the roundabout, and then the whole Playboy Mansion came into stark relief as the sun set behind it, and we pulled right up to the front door of the Playboy Mansion and just knocked on the door. Ben Cohen, the tall, intelligent CEO of the Playboy Mansion, greeted us and took me and my brother Leo for a tour. The great room revealed a lit candelabra chandelier. There was a painting of Hugh posing with a white tiger on a couch. And then there was another painting at the top of the stairs of Hugh smoking his pipe. Lots of mirrors, stained glass windows, a parquet wood wall, and an ornately carpeted double staircase leading up to Hef's bedroom. It was exhilarating. Taking it all in, though, you couldn't help but notice that the iconic Playboy Mansion was just a little bit dated. Partygoers were starting to filter in, the men were in their requisite pajamas, and the women in lingerie. I mean, sorta. Does body painted on lingerie count? Anyway, this was definitely a clothing optional party. Halfway down the hallway, we ran into the butler, and I asked him what was behind this door. Mostly because I kept asking, what's behind that door, every three steps. The butler declared, it's the lost and found. Would you like to have a look? Yeah, I want to see what's in there. I didn't know what to expect, but when he opened the door, it didn't look like any lost and found I'd ever seen. There, 
Inside, the dresses were hung immaculately, and the smoking jackets were pressed and cleaned. And there, perfectly placed in the shoe rack next to perfectly polished tan Oxford shoes and a pair of Jimmy Choo gold lame peep-toe heels, was a lone bunny rabbit slipper. It was baby powder white with a pink nose and black eyes, not one ounce of mud on it. I looked up at the butler. Mr. Hefner insists that everything left behind at the Playboy Mansion be pressed and cleaned. Even the watches are polished and the time reset. If you lose an article of clothing at the Playboy Mansion, as you're likely to do, it is returned to you in a better condition than whence it came. That is old school. It occurred to me that I had returned to the Playboy Mansion, and this time in much better condition than when I first arrived. At that moment, out of the corner of my eye, I sensed the presence of a tall man, someone who understood the value of a good slipper. So, I straightened up and turned to my right to face him. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and give us a five-star rating. Go to thechive.com forward slash long shots to subscribe to our newsletter and see photos of all the events I talked about in the podcast today. Also, I do personally try to read all the emails we received, so if you'd like to reach out to the show, email me at longshots at thechive.com. Long Shots is hosted, executive produced, and written by me, John Rezig, for Chive Media Group. Audio editing and sound design by Stephen Wilson. Hey listeners, uh, we're recording this in real time, and this week is the biggest week we have at the Chive. It's our annual charity green gala. So I hope you forgive me. We're going to take one week off to do the gala right, and then we'll return in two weeks with part two of the Playboy Mansion. If you want to learn more about the gala and Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org. As always, if you listen this far, here's your reward. This week, if you use my discount code, which is this should be free at the Chivery, you can get 15% off anything you want, including the green Keep Calm and Chive On, which because of this podcast is having a huge resurgence and has become one of the top selling t-shirts on the entire website. <laughs> so go to the Chivery and thanks for listening.